And so it begins. The whole of his mind is apparently his personality. Wait, 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 wait. A rabbi and a boxer arrive <laughs> on a space yeah. station. Broke off. Guys, I have a stock. He's here. totally hitting on Kosh now. Totally sexual harassment. Basically, the Mount Rarion drama queen. He's gonna come out of his butt. I can't believe this martial law wreck where I have damn damage. Hey, <laughs> Jeff- Jeffrey Sinclair. My Whedon senses should have been tingling. And we know that IKEA survived. This torture session may be recorded for quality assurance. Now you Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Man. And I'm Beth. And we are here <laughs> at the end. Yeah, uh, it's finally Yeah, we knew this day would come one day. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, episode number is it? Like, it's 153. Wow. It's been a little over three years, but that's somehow almost 50 a year. Yeah. So it yeah. Like would have been less. <laughs> uh, but maybe the commentaries helps or something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I realized that. Yeah, we got behind on releasing episodes again. So the episode where we, you know, announced that Heidi wouldn't be coming back for their last episodes just came out a week ago. Even though we recorded that probably like five or six weeks ago or two months ago. So sorry if people are just now finding that out and get a chance. But yeah. Heidi does actually have some good news recently <laughs> for those that don't mm. know. Heidi is now engaged. Yeah, well, I made, I made this joke on the webpage, but she really has found her own Clarence. <laughs> yeah. We can all be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting married this summer, so congratulations, Heidi and Tim. Oh, definitely. So, today we're going to just talk, I guess, in general about Crusade, maybe hit on some of the high points, I think, and you know, we... I know I don't remember. I, I ended up watching the whole series, so I don't remember exactly which was the four that you, um, Ian, suggested that we watch. Uh, but after Crusade, I figured that we could just talk about just some of the stuff we know about what happened um, outside of what we saw on TV, and a lot yeah. of it come from the books. But we, and then after. I figure we should probably go character by character. Then after that, we can f- touch on other stuff from the books that um, might have left out. And then and just our overall thoughts on, you know, the series, I suppose. Yeah. Then after that, our overall thoughts on the series. So if you want to be unspoiled, you may want to skip to the <laughs> later on. Where I think thirdly, we'll do overall thoughts on the series, but you know, I've you know, been spoiled on a lot of stuff and I still plan on reading the books and all that. So I don't think it'll lessen your enjoyment any if you, if you Oh yeah. Me. Well, Will, you don't really know because you haven't read the books, so you don't, <laughs> I don't know if it will lessen your enjoyment. I don't think it will, but I guess I that's true, I don't know. Plus you can't compare yourself to an unspoiled Will reading the books for the first time. <laughs> <Just> <clears throat> I'm sure it's fine. 
Yeah, so shall we start on Crusade then? Crusade, yeah, Crusade aired on TNT from June 9th, 1999 to September 1st, 1999. They aired 13 episodes and I think four more were scripted, but because of some mm. conflicts with TNT that were arising, the show was canceled what before that the aroused. Right from the start of production, essentially. The show was cancelled before it even aired an episode, which I didn't know at the time. Um, Yeah, TNT pulled a box, essentially, on this one. Yeah, the episodes were all... I mean, I was watching them in DVD order, and it was confusing, because there was like, hey, there's this box here, but then later on... Yeah. (laughs) Even the JMS viewing order isn't the best order to watch it because there's so much stuff being messed around with. Yeah. Um, uh, what JMS says is that, um, well, I guess this is true, but TNT found their TNT did some research and they found that, Hey, people who watch Babylon five don't watch anything else on our network. So I guess they figure they're wasting their time with this crusade show. So JMS thinks that they started interfering um, as an attempt to get out of their contract, say that you know JMS didn't deliver what we asked him to. Well, there was also two different branches of TNT giving different bits of information as well. Maybe they were one from LA and one from Vancouver, I think, or, some, or wherever they were filming it. So essentially, it was JMS was getting conflicting information. Um, TNT wanted them to make a new pilot uh, because the initial pilot was meant to be Racing Night, but TNT commissioned and forced JMS to make something else, which ended up being Warzone, and that ended up being first. They ended up, in, you know, they wanted, they made him change the uniform. Um, oh, so is that why which, they changed uniforms halfway? Oh, right, essentially. <laughs> Right, essentially the whole thing was JMS had a design for the uniforms looked in that he thought looked good, which was the whole more relaxed look, uh, because his idea was, well, they're essentially explorers. They need something more casual to wear. They need this the black, it's a black uniform, which was the uniform he wanted. So for the first chunk of episodes, they're wearing that. And then there's an episode where Earth Force comes aboard and um, Mr. Wells, um, who had appeared in Babylon 5, comes aboard as a PR person and they redesign the uniforms into the grey version. Mm. One of the episodes that was actually filmed or slash planned for that didn't end up airing was... JMS basically trying to redo that and say um, they had an accident with the um, what's it with, with the onboard washers um, and all the new quote unquote new uniforms got destroyed and they had to go back to the old ones. <laughs> so there were things like that that were going on, uh, and, it, and as as we said. Uh, the episodes were aired out of order, went on to the DVD out of order, there's a JMS viewing order, and then there's a chronic- chronological viewing order. So yeah. it's kind of confusing. Chronological, like, within the show? 
Yeah. Because, yeah. Okay. yeah but that's kind of something <laughs> bands have done, but it still doesn't quite add up. <laughs> so there is like a big group of Crusade fans? No, not a big group. I just think there's um, Crusade fans who think, yeah, it had great potential, isn't it? Sad it never got made, but it's not a big loss. I can see why it didn't make it, but towards the end, I thought it was getting better. I mean, the four episodes I chose, uh, I don't know whether you got a chance to watch them, Beth. I watched three, the first three. I didn't make, I didn't get a chance to watch the last. Oh, that's a shame. Path of Sorrow, so some interesting cycle stuff in it. Oh, well, I'll watch it, but. Yeah, um. I guess maybe. I don't know. Yeah. In Path of Sorrows, there's a character in there that they were hoping to get um, Lita back for, but the contracts didn't work out. Okay. Yeah. So that's a shame. But, um, Is that the one that they wanted Bester in? But <laughs> there's an, another... No, they were going to have Bester in late, um, either later in Season 1 or in Season 2. Okay. Yeah, they wanted... Um, were they going to do a slow pan up? And then reveal his face <laughs> for Dr. Franklin. That was so I dramatic. Know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, um, I know who that is because I saw the artwork. On <laughs> TV, so. Yeah, the artwork's never been great for Babylon 5 DVDs. Um, they give like, so Franklin much work. Goatee. goatee, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but essentially, the way I see Crusade is it's kind of like season one of. Um, Babylon 5 itself that is they're not quite there yet but they're trying but on top of all of that they're being interfered with by TNT so they've got that added pressure which kind of screws it with the whole show as well well in defense of networks and studios and production companies I mean they are paying for it (laughs) yeah you know it's People always blame the networks and the production companies, but one, it wouldn't get made without them, and two, they have to do. So, I mean, they ha- they have to make money, you know. So, mm-hmm. without Fox, a lot of small yeah. one season shows would never have gotten made ever, you know. Without some of these networks that took a chance, and maybe it didn't work out for them, or maybe it maybe it would have been better if the creators had been left on their own. But at the same time, like it's a lot of money that goes into these shows, so. It's a sense of conflicting priorities, really, because you've got the creators of the show whose priority is creating something which fits their vision, but the executives are actually looking at, you know, what's going to keep the channel afloat. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's, I mean, you can't blame it all on the network, right? I mean... No, I don't think you can. No. Uh, I think... Crusade has its flaws, it really does. But I think if it had been given the chance, a lot of those flaws would have been ironed out in season two. Can't remember. Later in season one. Um, I think JMS said that he was most happy with the like first four or five episodes. Um, they like fit, well, that he wrote at least. Did they? But yeah. I think maybe that was when the network started interfering a little more. I don't know. Can't remember the exact quote. Um, so after it was cancelled, Sci Fi Channel tried to rescue it, but they didn't have the budget for it. So that uh, was it. 
But I, I know a few years later, JMS said that, you know, that was probably the best thing to happen because he was in a position <laughs> to do other things. Cause that's when he was working on Legend of the Rangers, which he was sure would make it to series, but <laughs> we know. That <laughs> <happened>. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he was working on a movie called Rising Stars, which I guessing might have been a Babylon 5 movie. I'm not sure, though. But I don't know, maybe it's good because JMS was just how many years in a row he'd been like writing every yeah, episode I, himself. I think he had um, kind of written himself out of ideas temporarily because <laughs> you can only do so much, I think. Yeah. I think Crusade, if, if Crusade had continued, it was going in a different direction to Babylon 5. He might have been able to come up with different ideas, but Legend of the Rangers really wasn't that different. So, um, out of the episodes you did uh, see, Beth, uh, what did you like? What did you not like? Um, Galen <laughs> didn't like. Galen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Actually, Galen wasn't as bad. Yeah. I did say in didn't the last I? one that I watched. Um, oh, he he's in the last one as well. He's in Path of Sorrows as well. No, sorry, the last one that I watched. Oh right. Um, no, he wasn't. He was away then. Um, I mean, but, I yeah. don't like him. <laughs> But he wasn't as bad. Maybe or maybe I'm got used to it. But he has some kind of funny lines, and uh, um, yeah, I, I was still trying to get a. Ha- I mean, I was still trying to get a handle on how everything was working together. I mean, it's kind of. I guess it's kind of odd when you start with like episode ten or whatever on the DVDs, and you go back well, to yeah, three, and then to yeah, this is the thing. Thirteen. Um, <laughs> racing the night as episode one. What watching it again. I went, I got the list and I did watch it again because I think doing this with the JMS viewing order actually raises up a problem with the JMS viewing order. And it's kind of something I wanted to discuss because this is the way he wanted, wants it viewed. But racing the night as the first episode is a little confusing. So, you know, the executives were right there to say you need a different pilot. <laughs> I mean, at least it had, like, or maybe they added, I don't know, it had some stuff in it that, like, explained what was happening. Um, but, I don't know, the characters, I think. It was more for the characters and how they related to each other that okay. I was a little confused by. Um, yeah, well, you've got the DVDs now. You can watch them whenever you want to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you even want to. <laughs> I mean, it's not, like, on the top of my list. I mean, I could say that it was getting better, but I don't think it was good. So, was this the one where they found the um, people that were bringing other races to them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the one where they were experimenting on alien races. Um, Some good actors, though. So that's always a plus. Did you get this? This was I think the Brakiri ambassador from Babylon Five was in this. Were there other people? Definitely one of the actors that played the Drazi guy in the first one that I saw was had been Yeah, he him. he was definitely the Drazi ambassador. Okay. Yeah, I mean there's some interesting stuff here. Um I you're right in saying the character I think the characters are what draws you in because that that was I felt that's always the case with Babylon Five though. No matter what the story is, you've got interesting characters half the time. Um yeah, Cons- the characters yeah. were interesting. Considering I mean, they you know, were, had personality, you know. Yeah. C- 
considering you like the whole telepath stuff, what did you make of um, Lieutenant Matheson, Daniel Dakim? Um, I liked him. He, I mean, there wasn't really much with him, right? I mean, so far, I mean, he's yeah. Funny. It's a shame you didn't watch Path of Sorrows because that has a section in it where he flashes back to the telepath wall and he's kind of part in it. All right, I'll watch it. Stop I don't even Sorrows remember. Baby. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I personally love the whole idea of the psycho and the telepaths and I wanted to see the telepath war and this is the closest we get to see it in that episode. We get two, we get an interesting moment with that and it's just, Oh, that's one of the reasons I'm disappointed Crusade hadn't continued, because I'm fairly certain they would have addressed the telepath war a lot more. That's, because... I was fairly certain they would have addressed it a lot more in Babylon 5, so <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So at this but... point, the telepath war like recently ended, and I think they're starting to reintegrate telepaths back into society. Right. Yeah, the yeah. cycle's not doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but they have what do they call it then? The guy that comes to like. I think scan. it's a temporary thing, but essentially, at the moment, what they're doing is they've got a government organization that basically comes in and makes sure telepaths are kind of following the new rules or whatever they say. Basically, don't scan people unless they give you permission, and you know. Just you know, be decent about how you use your abilities, but we're not going to control you. You're going to allow you to do what you want with your life. Just don't mess people over. Right. Okay, but, so I just got to the vet. Do you, do you, okay. Can we return in five minutes? Or sure. do yes. you guys keep going if you want? It's up to you. No. Maybe uh, for five minutes we can quickly uh, discuss something you're not going to be interested in anyway. <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was actually thinking, um, you know, quickly. Uh, I was uh, sorry, it's gone from my head now. <laughs> Yeah, but there are some other episodes which I just really. Oh no, they all kind of started to blur together, like the one with well, the dragon. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, one. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> the um, X Files parody one. Yeah, that that was actually kind of funny. I, I, that was, was one of my funny, favorite but ones. I can't believe you, they actually did that. But X Files really... was at its height peak back then, probably wasn't. This was ninety. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is ninety eight, isn't it? This is just yeah. before the movie, first movie. Yeah, so yeah, so X Files still had a f couple of years left to go. So, but yeah, <laughs> that was actually pretty. The last two, yeah. last two on the DVDs were probably my favorites. I think the X Files was the next to last. I'm not sure though. Um, uh, what I did, I mean, um, what's it? Yeah, um, Beth got to see Captain Lockley again, but she's in a couple of the episodes, isn't she? Yeah, she's in with like three or four, and I. Yeah, and she's actually cr in the main credits. Credits, as well. so yeah, I don't know if I just saw her. She name. was in the two of them that I saw. Sorry, I'm waiting for the medicine to be brought out. I'm not sure <laughs> if I um, saw 
back in the day, if I saw her name in the credits and just thought I had seen her in the episode, but I thought I had seen her in some episodes, but I only saw the first four and she's not in the first four. I don't know. Uh, Memory is uh, weird. Um, but she yeah. She was in the, the first and third ones that you recommended, Ian. Yeah. Um, and she, I think she's in one or two more yeah. as well. She was, yeah, she didn't I'm, get to see Franklin. Poor, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of hoping know, that they all get to see each other at some point. Yeah, speaking of Franklin, they, Jeremy said he had actually also planned to, over the course of Crusade, feature other people from Babylon 5. Yeah, I kind of figured, um, yeah, to see them. And the interesting thing as well, he also says that the whole drop play thing would only take up the first two seasons. Yeah. And then after that, they would deal with the fallout, other fallout from the Shadow War of, you know, Earth Force using shadow technology and other things like that. Uh, yeah, so that so, would have been interesting, I think. Yeah, I'm kind of glad. Yeah, that would have been real good that he didn't, like, wait to, like, the season five finale to find the cure and then heal everybody, you know. No, nah, uh... He would have subverted that, which that's what JMS like, definitely liked to do with uh, Babylon 5, kind of subvert your expectations. But there was other things, I think they, even in these episodes, they sowed a few seeds of other things coming down the line, because I'm fairly certain, you know, they were clearly setting up, uh, you know, Galen training Darina as in, you know, to become a Technomage. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I anything with Galen leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Oh. I could see like the techno mage training um montages. <laughs> I mean and um, she teaches him to be a thief, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I was saying last time when we were doing the Lost Towers, yeah, I think, you know, he would have gotten some of the contacts from the Thieves Guild through Darina. <laughs> but yeah. Um Essentially, I had promise, and it's a shame it didn't really live up to that <laughs> in all its forms. Yeah. Oh, and the apocalypse box. Yeah, I that, kind of forgotten about that. Get, get to that. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Then it just popped up again in an episode, and it was kind of out of order because then the later episode, you, it's like this big reveal. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those interesting things. Um that apparently was going to be addressed at some point, um, and another mystery surrounding it was going to be revealed that um, the voice, um, what's his name? I can't remember the name of the captain. Cap- the captain, uh, yeah. Because you've got Galen and you've got Gideon, uh, that's not great. <laughs> he's, he, he's done the same thing he did before with um, Sinclair and Sheridan. But essentially, yeah, Captain Gideon was going to find out that it's his voice in the box. What? <laughs> yeah, the voice I was no Gary Cole, I think. Yeah. I have no idea where that was going to go, but Captain Gideon was meant to be the voice in the box, in the apocalypse box. Uh, I have no idea how that would have gone, but that's one of those weird things. So Lockley and Gideon hooked up, right? <laughs> Uh, more or less, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, well, we anything got... else about Crusade <laughs> you want to say? 
it had promised. Oh, what do we think about um, Lumberg as <laughs> as Captain Gideon as his performance? I, I think Gideon was okay. You know, I mean, Gary Cole definitely did what he could with with the role. Yeah, but he he even though they were trying to give him edges of darkness, he still felt too goody two shoes. Yeah, you know. But I think um, isn't that kind of like how Sinclair and Sheridan were as well? I I know what you mean, but the way I was reading it personally was that they were trying to give him more additional darkness of oh he loves to gamble and take risks. Oh, he's got this apocalypse box that he you know he's doing really questionable things with, and he's keeping secrets from Galen. Did somebody but, tell him that you won't be able to be? Um, Mr. Goody Two Shoes forever. Like you're gonna have to <laughs> do some bad things. Maybe I can't remember. Seemed like that. Maybe that was the last episode. I know I like marathon uh, like five episodes last night, so they <laughs> kind of blur together. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. Last thing. I think another problem with the series is the music. Still, it fits better. It's got definitely gotten better, but it still doesn't work. <laughs> uh, I was watching, my friend was here and I was watching some of this and he was just so sarcastic. He was like, oh, this is wonderful music or, or these, or these <laughs> special effects are the best. It's just so sarcastic. <laughs> the, the effects were a little bad in some places, but they're overall, I think. Oh, especially in um, the first episode of Got on the List, the um, Racing the Night Run mm-hmm. with the homunculus. Huh. That was just oh dear. That really is a, a mid nineties CGI TV CGI. That is, yeah. Uh, oh dear. Oh well. I think weirdly the end credits were the best piece of music out of the lot. I don't remember the end credits. Um, I remember the <laughs> opening. Who um, who are? What do you want? <laughs> Yeah, can we talk about that? Do you you have any backstory on that? No backstory, but the impression I get is it was one of those things, again, that would have evolved with with every season. But it's essentially... um, Actually, it's taken directly from the the, um, pilot... Ed Pilots, if you get what I mean, the one that uh, the executives want made, and there's a conversation, I think, that has those lines in it, but, you know, in an actual scene. So they lifted that and made it into the opening credits. So essentially it's um, Galen talking to Gideon. Uh, Yeah, so I think part of it is, you know, trying to say, yes, we're linked to Babylon 5, we're... We're asking some of the same questions, but here's a whole load of other questions to consider. Yeah. Who do you serve and who do you trust? You know, where maybe they were going to actually try and explore that a bit more. Who do you place your trust in and who, you know, what's your own personal agenda? How do you work those things out? And, live by what codes do you live personal codes do you live by are you willing to sacrifice your values in order to you know protect those you trust or something like that i'm not sure but that's a vague impression i was getting 
Yeah, these aired out of order, so maybe I did see Lockley when in the order they were aired. I don't know. It says here that JMS tried to have his name removed from the credits, <laughs> but they kind of forced him to include his name in the credits. Uh, I mean, it's. I'm, I'm glad at least we've had a chance to discuss it because it, it's, it's one of those things of the what ifs, you know, what if this had actually continued? Yeah. Yeah, was it was it going to be a second chapter to Babylon Five, or was it always doomed to failure? Well, any yeah. before we do move on, any last thoughts about Crusade that we didn't get to? Um. Well, I don't think Doctor Franklin got to touch a face. I was kind of watching. <laughs> yeah, it was, if it wasn't for that glass wall in the way, I maybe. know. But they were they were lying together at the end, panting pretty heavily, <laughs> weren't they? <laughs> <clears throat> um, it was actually, I think one of the reasons that the last episode that I watched was so much better than the other ones too is they didn't have so many characters in it. Um, it was a little bit because I feel like they had a lot of characters going on um, in some of the earlier episodes, and I was just trying to figure it out, but. Um, yeah, I think Eilerson. Well, I didn't really like him that much either. The archaeologist guy. Mm, there's an episode, I think, uh, at some point where they try and humanize him a bit more. But yeah, I didn't like that one either. <laughs> uh, at this point, he really is sleazy. Yeah, but yeah, the doctor was fine. Um, lieutenant, um, the telepath lieutenant was fine. Um, Nafil, Jarena, I'm okay with her. Most yeah, of the characters think, are good. I, I definitely think she was so much better than she was in A Call to Arms. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and did you notice how um, her makeup changed a little bit? They improved it a bit and got rid of those he- um, cro- cross marks on the top of her head. I didn't notice that, but... Uh, <laughs> All for making improvements to makeup. Don't have to explain it. <laughs> like uh-huh. I did with Jakar and Lynn. Yeah. Uh. It was definitely like a difference that you can tell between the the movie that we saw, which was like later in the 2000s, and then the CG and this one back in 99. Yeah. <laughs> As- um... So, I suppose we should move on. <laughs> yeah, now we can move on to, I guess, post-Babylon 5 or outside the TV universe. Some of the stuff that we do. Some of this I already knew. Some of it I didn't find out until I just started doing some research last night. I don't know how much of this is canon, um, but I'm going to choose to believe it because it was written down somewhere. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of this from... Uh, Wikipedia and the Babylon 5 wiki, which I can't remember the URL. But uh, and a lot of my knowledge comes from other podcast sources. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm sure you may be screaming at us that some of this is wrong, but, you know, it's what I choose to believe. <laughs> what we choose to believe. Um, yeah, so do you remember... I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> All I'm saying is just, yeah, other fans have done the work for us. Yeah. So, do you remember Catherine Sakai from <laughs> season one? Uh, yeah. So, you mean episode one? <laughs> no, that was um, Carolyn oh, Sykes. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was only in a couple episodes then. Yeah, she was, yeah, Sinclair's love she interest. She got a good job to, like, go she, She's the one who... Found. Yeah, she was... Well, she's the one who was almost killed by, um... The Walkers. The walkers. Yeah, 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 I remember. That's yeah, and, and, uh, not, not the... Not the frictionless sheets, but the other one. <laughs> yeah. The one that, um, Sinclair proposed to. So I had heard that she disappeared on some kind of expedition, but was never, and was never heard from again. But what I was reading last night is that she, yeah, she became a ranger at some point and she disappeared through a temporal rift while on a mission. And Um, yeah, 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 sorry, you go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, there's a, there are hints. And I guess the novels or whatever is that she went back into the time uh, to Valen's time and Valen actually found her at some point and maybe, well, JMS confirmed the part that Valen did find her, but maybe, you know, she and Valen were married back in time and had a family. Yeah. And so Delenn isn't just a child of Valen. She's a child of Valen and Catherine Sakai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's her So fate. that happened. <laughs> well, apparently in To Dream of, in a City of Sorrows, she's in that, um, and um, Sinclair, Sakai, and Marcus kind of interact for, for a while. Yeah, so they ended up together after all, married and whatnot. <laughs> um, At least it's not a clone. At least it's not a clone. That's all we can say that. So there's also Lita. <laughs> yeah. So Lita did get her, um, I guess Garibaldi did help her, um, in her war or whatever. I know that apparently they, I know they were at least working together during the telepath war at some point. So she was leading the resistance against Psychor and I guess Bester was kind of leading Psychor. Um, yeah. And eventually there was an attack on Psychor headquarters during the war. This is the attack that ended the war, I think. And for some reason, Lanier was there, which is, I don't think it's been explained. Maybe he was looking for redemption or something. And in this battle at Psychor headquarters, there is an explosion. And well, there- we did do. Act- oh, yes. What you're describing there. We see part of that in the Path of Sorrows. Okay, I don't. I must have been looking away when that happened. I need to go watch that episode again. Um, so yeah, this we is. We don't see any of Lita or Lanier or anything, yeah. but we see what happened to Lieutenant Mathinson during that event. Yeah. So this. Yeah, ex- continue. This yeah. explosion destroyed Psychor headquarters and. Both Lita and Lanier were killed during that explosion. So when we saw Sleeping in Light, they were talking about how, you know, Lanier was gone. And we've had references to Lita being gone. Yeah. This is what happened. Well, yeah, as you're talking about that as well, it's time for my little fan theory as well. Okay. Because in my head, uh, Bester lied when he said Tally Winters got dissected. In my head, I... Because um, Ironheart ascended to a su- you know a super being essentially, he would have seen the submerged personality in Talia's head and would have kind of 
I believe, given a way for Talia's original personality to survive, Lita being a, you know, this mega telepath now during the war would have come across the alternate Talia. They would have, I think they would have come in conflict several times, but at one point I choose to believe that Lita was able to, you know, bring the original Talia back and yeah. Talia helped the resistance. <laughs> That's what That's I more than a fan theory. That's more than a theory. <laughs> That's, That's a personal fiction. theory. <laughs> that really is headcanon. But, you know, I mean, consider why would, um, you know, Ironheart let uh, Talia be completely destroyed? He wouldn't. <laughs> Unless he was busy somewhere else. <laughs> well, no, he said he's given, he gave her a gift, and I don't think that gift was telekinesis. I think that was gift was, ah, you've got a submerged personality in there. Oh. She's going to destroy your personality if she ever emerges. Let me just correct that for you so you can survive it. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, well, after the telepath war, Bester is on the run. Yeah, hiding. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? Yeah, he, uh, he ended up. He in, ends up in Paris. Yeah, he falls in love with someone, but Garibaldi doesn't give up on trying to find him. And in 2271, about 10 years after the end of season five, Garibaldi finds him and he doesn't kill him though. Uh, Bester gets tried and sentenced to life in prison, and he's given sleeper drugs so he can't use his abilities anymore. Yeah. And then around... Oh, um, oh yeah, continue with that last little bit. We can uh, keep talking about Bester. Uh, yeah, so then 10 years later, shortly after hearing that John Sheridan has died, Bester passes away. So was he linked to Sheridan somehow, or in his mind was he linked to Sheridan? So. <laughs> I'm sure uh, Ian just... has the fan theory. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to mention the fan theory. I was actually going to mes- mention, this is spoilers, but you don't really care about Bester spoilers, because this comes from the books. But Bester is um, actually the son of the lead- two leaders of the Resistance, who was recaptured by the psycho and then raised as a loyal psychop, essentially. Um, Basically, um, Bester originally was meant to be the new hope for the resistance. That's why his parents were hoping. Um, And actually, he's distantly related to... um, Lita. Lita. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's about four generations removed from Lita. Um, uh, his grandfather, um, ran the Psycor for, um, about 60 to 80 years. Um, his grandfather had an affair with Lita's great grandmother, um, and then hid the baby with the resistance. I think I saw something about how maybe Bester was maybe in denial about who his parents were. And when he finally did, like later in life, uh, you know, come to terms with who his parents were, he was able to move his hand again. Right. I think, oh, yes, because that's another thing about Bester. His hand 
his hand is like that because when he was in his mid twenties, he did a deathbed scan and he he saw someone die um, really badly and violently, and he he saw it for too long, and so essentially his hand curled up because it was so horrific. He, you know, it basically caused him physical trauma. But after that, because of what he saw, he wanted to t- perform more deathbed scans. And the more he did deathbed scans, the the harder of a person he became. Uh, that is actually in the novels. <laughs> and it, also in the novels, um, uh, you know, Le- Lita said she interned for the Psychops. Yeah. She actually worked under Bester for what, during the one investigation she was interned with the Psychops for. So Bester actually put her off being, in, uh, you know, working for the Psychops. Yeah. <laughs> there are, I mean, that's the little things about the Psychops trilogy, which is interesting to find out. You get all these little nuggets, especially the whole thing of the leader. I mean, again, I'll mention a previous leader of the cycle, the first leader of the cycle, who was a secret telepath. He he only let one other person know he was a telepath. Well, two other people, actually, sorry. His adopted father knew and someone else knew. Basically, his adopted father and him devised a plan so his adopted father would run the, exi- the resistance and he would run the cycle. So they would both control all telepaths from both sides. Yeah. And that's kind of why the cycle ends up being so screwed up. <laughs> so after Bester died, apparently Garibaldi went to his gravesite and stuck a wooden stake in the ground above his coffin. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Apparently Garibaldi's life was mostly quiet after... You know, B5, um, except for when he went after Bester. <laughs> um, yeah, and they wanted lease and, uh, sleeping. Oh, yeah, sleeping a lot, I think. Um, so as far as Londo, I will get some more on David Sheridan in a little bit, but Londo, the drop kidnapped Sheridan and they used him to get, uh, Delenn and Sheridan to come to Centauri Prime. We saw that in. You mean kidnap David? Kidnap David. Did I say who did I say? Yeah. <laughs> you say kidnap Sheridan. Technically, he is a Sheridan, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So, but he frees him, and we saw that in I think War Without End. But and yeah. he gets Jakar to kill him. But before it's done, Londo's sleeper wakes up, and they strangle each other to death. Yeah. And Veer becomes emperor, and he's able to get rid of the Drak from Centauri Prime. Yeah, a lot of what I've heard about the Centauri trilogy, though, is they do some horrible things with Veer and things that I really don't fear would um, do. They get make him do. So although like it's... What? I can't remember. There's certain things that he gets up to that I just don't believe he would do. And I can't sex remember stuff? the details. No, not <laughs> sex stuff. Um... He he ends up being far more ruthless than I think Veer would ever be. I mean, Veer... I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Maybe he... Maybe he has a good, like, you know, story about how power and 
scrubs. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's not immune to it, but we do see at the end that you know he um he ends up getting um Zach as his personal aide and console. So Ranger Zach. I'm not sure he's a ranger at that I thought point. He was, or I thought he didn't he have his pin, his ranger pin on. I'm not sure. He had a no. He had um, a sash that kind of looked like it was a centauri-made bit of clothing for humans that was kind of ceremonial, but uh-huh. not ornately centauri. It kind of it kind of had a hint of membari, hint of human, and hint of centauri all in one bit of clothing. Uh, yeah. Um, Veer did but, write a book about Lundo and apparently had a prosperous reign <laughs> as emperor. He wrote a book about Londo? Yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like <laughs> something. Uh, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, Zach worked with Veer after, I guess, being back in the military. Heard he, I think we talked about how he had a fake leg that didn't fit right. I see we've seen pieces of Lockley. Well, we've seen pieces of Lockley's life. We haven't seen pieces of Lockley. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like an album. <laughs> pieces of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, uh, we've seen that she gets into a relationship with Gideon. Yeah. It's weird saying Gideon because I'm watching Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, we've got Gideon on that. So sorry. But Gideon's a uh, computer. Yeah, um, I still haven't seen that show yet. One of these days, but it's like it's Arrow. So silly, so silly, but it's fun. Season one has huge flaws. Season two's much better. So those four shows are producing twenty-two episodes a year, and I'm just—it just seems next like next year it's insta- going to be five shows. Which What's- which one is Legends of Tomorrow? Legends of Tomorrow is the one where they've got a ship from the future and they travel throughout time. Oh. And there are crossovers with Which Arrow and Flash. Yeah. Oh. Sorry? I'll just... Which, um, sorry. I'll go ahead. Is, is that the one with Wentworth Miller? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Although, although Wentworth Miller uh, starts out on the Flash, so he's also in that. Oh, he does? And yeah. And break uh, reboot is... Or- Reboot is coming up. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, what's the fifth one? Well, well uh, what's his name's also in there? Um, the other person in Prison Break. Uh, his brother. The other person. Yeah, oh, the, okay. the other his brother. Brother. Okay, got it. Yeah, Dominic he's also something. in that. Yeah, okay. the new one that's starting next year is called Black Lightning. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just, yeah. I'm never going to get caught up because it's five shows doing <laughs> 22 episodes a year. Uh, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. It really <laughs> is. Um, oh, back to Babylon 5. Yeah, so as far as Franklin, JMS has said that Franklin eventually died exploring an unknown planet, but don't know the circumstances around that. That yeah. seems like a Franklin thing to, yeah, you know, go. I think, I think it was a face touching incident. He <laughs> <It just laughs> pissed off the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. It was a, he thought it was a, like a statue or something, but it was really a person. He just touched it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jakar, apparently Veer made a statue of him, Lando, after they died. And the book of Jakar was published and became like really popular. 
And because of this, I read, because of the popularity of the book of Jakar, Natoth became a celebrity back home, and she was able to live a lavish lifestyle on Narn. Huh. I wonder whether she ever changed her name to Jatoth, because she her name was Natoth, because she hadn't dedicated herself to any particular religious path. Mm. And, you know, Jakar really wanted her to find, um, you know, her own path. We talked about Ivanova and Marcus, but I found some stuff that I didn't know. <laughs> Basically, yeah, Susan, Does it make it worse? Not, well, maybe. I don't know. I, know. I didn't know that Susan was Ranger 1 the rest of her life, and she was buried on Minbar uh, in a place where they um, buried a lot of important people. And Delyn had flowers put on her memorial every day. Oh, yeah. That, that's that, nice. That, that's yeah. really nice. Yeah. But yeah, I guess around this time, they had found a way to archive people's mind, like do a neural scan. So they had done that to Susan. Um, yeah, which makes the whole thing in the future worse because it is the neural scans of Susan, but only up to the point where they lost the battle in season four. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you can't, I guess with this creation, this scan can't have any new thoughts, but you can kind of use it as a resource. So they called it, um, what was it, the voice of Ivanova? So 300 years later, when they are able to wake up Marcus, you know, he, you know, all of his friends are, you know, heroes. <laughs> and so he finds this scheme to get, he comes up with this scheme to get stranded on this planet with Susan's clone. Which has her and thoughts. keep that secret from her. Yeah. So it's so basically this this idea of what happens to Marcus in the future screws over Marcus as a character because it makes him do some really awful things. It screws over Ivanova as a person having, you know, without her consent to clone, with all of her memories being made of her, and the cl- and it screws over the clone of Ivanova. Because she never gets to know the truth. She ends up living out her life, believing she is Ivanova, the, well, the first Ivanova, um, and she never gets told the truth about her origins. It's horrible. <laughs> it's the worst part of Babylon 5 for me. And yeah, it really is. I think this was in a short story that JMS wrote for maybe a magazine, but yeah, it's still, it's canon, so it's, it's, it's awful. Well, I'm going to ignore it because I, I, I it, it's horrible. Yeah, but that's, uh, well, the part that I do like is that Susan, <laughs> well, this wasn't part of the story, but I do like that Susan was Ranger One for the rest of her life. I think I had forgotten that she... Until yeah, th- she- that, that's really good for Susan. That really is. Unless her life was like two months after that. Or <laughs> yeah, we did, don't <laughs> know how long she was Ranger One for. Um, We never actually see on the series or movies David Sheridan, but apparently mm-hmm. he, outwardly, he appeared human. They say he had his father's charm and outgoing nature and his mother's intelligence. <laughs> I'm sorry. His father's charm. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he's not in his own way charming, but it's just funny. Now I'm just, now I'm just actually picturing that actually translates to 
He likes to give speeches, and he loves oranges. (laughs) So that keeper that was in that urn, apparently spent all those years developing like a low-level telepathic bond with David Sheridan. So when it did attach itself to him, it was able to control him more. Um, so when he went to Centauri Prime, his parents followed, even though Garibaldi begged them not to go. And Garibaldi went to Babylon 5 and talked to Veer, and that's when he found out about the drug and how they had been working behind the scenes on Centauri Prime all this time. Uh, after the Sheridans were freed, Franklin examined David and figured out the only way you know they could get rid of this keeper without killing David was to kill the drock that spawned the keeper. So Veer took care of that, found the drock and killed him. And sometime later, David Sheridan joined the Rangers. So that's where he was during Sleeping in Light. When they yeah, the well, party. they actually mentioned that, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Um, have you been able to find out anything about um, Prince Marini and his relationship with De- David? I didn't really look. It mentioned... You know, I just mentioned, you know, what happened in Legend of um, Lost Tales, but I didn't dig deep to see if there's any more information given. Because, yeah, um, that could have uh, played a role in some things, and maybe by that point, Verini had come around so much that he was actually working with Veer, you know, in kind of a weird similarity of how you know, Malari helped Veer. Veer is now helping Verini. <laughs> uh-huh. I'd like to think that would end up happening. You know, but you never know. Uh, what happens to the uh, prince or whatever? That, 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 that's who we were talking about. Sorry, Prince Verini. Oh, Ventari. I think it's Ventari. But yeah, I don't that's know. That's it, Ventari. Yeah. was that guy that was like the regent, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was the regent, yeah. I was confused. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I, 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 they're so similar in names that, yeah, I got confused. Um, uh, John Sheridan, we saw he stopped in 2281 mm. and went beyond the rim with Lorian. Delenn, no, she lived to be at least 140. She showed up on that TV show. <laughs> <laughs> she crashed the party. Um... That was so ridiculous. <laughs> it was. <laughs> she went all that way. So, yeah. Any my, my spidey senses are tingling. Somebody's <laughs> talking about Sheridan. In a negative way. <sighs> well, no. No, it's not just that. It's, oh, because it, it. I think it must take a couple of weeks to get there from Ember. So, it's, oh, they're going to do a show about um, Sheridan. And they're going to talk really bad about him, so I have better set off, so I get there just in time. They have faster travel at that point. Yeah, they probably they have, do. like... But still, it's going to take a couple of days. At they, least. Probably, yeah, they probably have, like, what's faster than quantum space. It's like, I don't know, but septum no, space. The lens <laughs> space. Yeah. But, but Volons didn't have that part, couldn't travel that fast, so it's... Quantum space has to be the fastest they could get to because Vorlon, that's as fast as Vorlons were able to travel. We could improve on Vorlon technology. <laughs> we could just take wow. that and <laughs> make it faster. We keep stealing their stuff, so eventually we'll figure out how to make it better. 
even though we're not allowed into Vorlon space for another million years, somehow we can st- still study their technology. They left a few ships outside of space, and, and the, the, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know, I'm just making myself up. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Ian's been doing it for three years. I have, haven't I? <laughs> um, you all know I love my little theories. Um, that's all I have, um, Ian. Uh, I was going to quickly bring up uh, Morden again because I'm not sure we ever talked about how Morden ended up um, in League with the Shadows. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because this is explained in the book. I can't remember the name of it, but essentially... As we know, but he explains it on the show, does he not? He not fully. Ex- okay. Just that the because ship he... crashed and yeah, and they were okay. I mean, like you mean, like mentally, why he did it? Oh yes. Okay. Essentially, um, in the books, apparently he's a, originally a much better person before the ship crashes. The necklace he wears comes from his dead wife. Where does his hair come from? I don't know. <laughs> but essentially... Um, Nigens. When he crashed on the planet, um, the Shadows promised him that they could bring his wife back. And so he you know, he promised to serve them. And they gave Wait, him the best. didn't they say that in the show? Sorry, no, I they didn't say like... that in the show. That, oh. I think I must have mentioned it then. Because... Apparently, him and Anna Sheridan were really good friends. Hmm. Up until that point. <laughs> Remember Anna uh, Sheridan? <laughs> I'm just trying yeah. to think, um, book-wise, anything else we need to mention. Because I haven't read the Techno Maids trilogy of books, but apparently that kind of explores Galen's character a bit more. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably better without the voice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry. I'm oh, just trying to think. Oh, yes. I think I said this before, but in the first telepath book, you find out that um, I think it's her great grandmother, Lita Alexander's great grandmother, makes contact with Kosh and kind of, you know, what? Kosh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's craziness. Um, What's happening? Basically, she's trying to investigate the origins of telepaths and trying to trying to find out her great grandmother. Yeah. But the, are we? This takes place in the past, or like her the, like ninety something year old great grandma? No, in the past, it takes okay. pl- yeah takes place about um, uh, sixty years before Babylon Five, I think, uh, something like that. Anyway, and. She's investigating the origins of telepaths and um, sets up um, for some place in the solar system. And Kosh shows up and kind of they come to this mutual understanding that um, at some point in the future, one of uh, this Alexander's descendants is going to be important to the Vorlons. So her great grandma was a technomage. No, uh, no, no. The technomage oh, is something the different. No, oh, okay. no. She you, she was a telepath. So okay, it, you said the technomage trilogy, and then you started talking about her. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to confuse you. I was okay. just trying to think of other 
bits of trivia from the books that we oh, end up finding gotcha. out okay. about. So essentially, even before Lita came to Babylon 5 and scanned Kosh for the first time, Kosh knew that, um, you know, line of humans was going to be important. And the and the Psychor high ups knew the Vorlons or at least aliens created telepaths, and they didn't tell anyone. Is this some um, coincidence? Or, well, maybe not coincidence if you knew they'd be important, but this <laughs> is how everybody's kind of related to everybody. Leaders related to yeah. Bester. I think also vague, I vaguely remember actually in the telepath trilogy, I know I'm skipping all over the place. I think the one thing I remember from that is that uh, Gaining also meets Kosh at some point. <laughs> the so, Technomage trilogy. Yeah. The uh, telepath trilogy? There's a telepath trilogy and the Technomage trilogy, and it's really confusing sometimes if you're talking about all of the books when you have to go from one thing that happened, you know, cost meeting someone in the Telepath trilogy, he also meets someone else in the Technomage trilogy. Got it. Essentially, I think what's going on here is they're trying to show that Kosh was doing far more than what we saw. Yeah, yeah, he must have. He didn't see much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we did. I'm really, really delayed. So let me, I'm going to restart my thing. So hold on. Okay. Probably while you were getting confused. Yeah, there is so much stuff in the books. All right. Yeah. And, and they, oh, um, I, there's so much other things as well. There, there are actually comics out there as well that go into a load of other things. Yeah, I, yeah somebody <laughs> sent us a copy of all the comics. I need to read those too. I know the, yeah, the podcast is ending, but I still I made notes of all the commentaries I didn't get to watch. I still have the books. Um, I have bonus features on the movies. Um, I've got all the behind the scenes stuff from B5 books. Uh, there's an encyclopedia coming out soon. Uh, I've got, but that's going to be really expensive. That encyclopedia. Um, I think about like a hundred something dollars. Maybe. Uh, still, for an, exo- for an encyclopedia, that's expensive. Well, maybe for a TV show encyclopedia, but did you ever have encyclopedias like... Uh, well, you mean the Encyclopedia Britannica? Yeah, the, the, my family has some of those, and those I think those are really Oh, expensive. yeah, yeah. If you, I think if you grew up in the 80s, your family had one of those. <laughs> yeah, we had them on a shelf in the, yeah, in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... You, they take up a whole shelf and, you know, the shelf was reinforced because they were so happy. Yeah, I used to love just picking up an encyclopedia and reading, like, random articles from it. Um, yeah, I still have Claudia Christian and Patricia Tallman's books to read. So I'll still be in... <laughs> I, it might be another they're... decade before I watch the show again, but I'll probably they've be also... <laughs> in B5 for another decade at least. I'm going to go through things and go back to things, I'm sure. It's, you know, it's one of those shows you can definitely rewatch as well. Um, and yeah, they're also, um, they're also publishing a load of archived interviews and a load of fan convention things as well, aren't they? Yeah, I think I have some of those videos. Hello? B5 Books. Hello. 
Uh, okay, sorry. Just talking okay. about all the B5 material, like interviews and books and encyclopedias yeah, that I still yeah. have to read. So I'll still have plenty of B5 in my Posters. life for a while. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they, they, um, yeah, there's so much stuff out there because there's also, I think we mentioned it briefly whilst you were away earlier, but there's also script books that got published and there's a load of those out there, but they're really expensive. <laughs> Uh, which kind of not only go, you know, publishes the script, but kind of publishes the make, it, it details the making of those, those important episodes, yeah. which I've, I've been told are amazing, but they're also really expensive. So really, like the, how much? Um, I think because they're no longer in print, they've upped the price of them. So I think for a whole collection, it's. A thousand dollars or just over now. Dang. Yeah. Uh, Has nobody published this online? No. Well, they they've not published it electronically. These are physical I mean, books. Yeah. You know, don't do it, people. But I'm just saying, if it's out of print, they're not trying to make money on it anyway. So. Well, no. They essentially they've stopped printing them. They're just selling the backlog of them now. If you get what I mean. Oh, so it's it's being sold by the official publisher. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Um, okay. Essentially, yeah. The, I think there's about 25 volumes. Oh, my gosh. Um, hang on. I'll, I'm going to bring up the website uh, just to be sure I'm saying exactly the right thing here. Uh, give me a minute. So okay, a thousand right. pounds is what, like $1,200 maybe? <laughs> More than I that. Think, um, Shouldn't it be? Then the dollar to pound just go up again or whatever? Back down again, whatever the. I'm really not sure. Um, right, those are the Blu-ray, uh, Autocraft Blu-ray with box, which is the Casper Union thing, B5 Pan Convention Experience, CNN documentary, uh, the Encyclopedia. Um, pre they, these another eight hours to get a um. Discounted price for it. Uh, if anyone's <laughs> interested. Okay. Uh, let's go. It's, it'll probably be on here somewhere because last time I saw it was, um, uh, right. This is just the, um, that's just for the, uh, encyclopedia. But yeah, the encyclopedia is, um, two volume hardcover edition. Is um, $148. The online media edition only is $98. And if you want both, that's going to cost you cl- almost $200. And that's just the encyclopedia. Jeez. And I can't find information on the old script books on here, but they were see there. The, yeah, I do see the um, collected scripts of J. Michael Straczynski. I think that's probably it if uh, it's somewhere. $987. Yeah. But these are all official things that um, JMS is actively producing at the moment. So he's still trying to get information out there to people who want it. It's just expensive because there's a limited market for it. All right. Well, let us take our final trip to Feedback Land. Yeah, this... 
This is going to be a um, sad journey. Yeah. Uh, so we have a coming. We're going beyond the rim. Yeah, we're going beyond the rim. I think we're going to be, yeah. Where no shadows fall or something. <laughs> but there are shadows there, I guess. Um, so uh, I can't remember how oh, to say. Hi, John. <laughs> can't remember how to say your name. Eric, Eric, I think. Um Eric says, my, he was talking about, this is about sleeping in light. Eric says, my favorite episode of any show ever, worth every minute of below par season one episodes. A show could never have a more perfect ending than this. Everything about this is perfect. The acting, the music, oh my God, the music. The way everyone, including Veer, seems so much older and wiser and down to earth after all these years and experiences. The way they talk about absence, absent friends, Ivanova's Marcus moment. Enough to make me cry. And oh, the directing. Seriously, the directing debut by JMS? That's really hard to believe, judging by the quality of the directing. The absolutely masterful cinematography, especially the good night, my love, scene between John and Delenn, with the beautifully clean close-up shots. It all makes, it all just makes me want to cry. If you indeed do not cry at least five times in watching this episode, you should consider seeing a doctor. Rating 12 oh. out of 10 tears. Oh. <laughs> I didn't, so. Yeah, I did either, sorry. Believe me, I can. I can. Well, I Love did. I did. It always gets me. Five times? <laughs> Maybe not five times. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll all go to the doctor I together. I <laughs> See what's wrong with this. <laughs> I read the next one, too. It was a comment from Scott about Crusade or... No, this wasn't Crusade. This was um, Legend of the Rangers. No mistake. Yeah. Um, um, it could have been a great show. The pilot definitely had some glaring issues, but the plot was pretty good from what I remember. The Hand was an enemy that took all of the first ones combined to defeat. The weapon systems and its hot-headed weapons officer was a joke, and I think that was the nail in the coffin for the show. I don't think it was just her, Scott. I think there was a lot of things wrong with it, but it uh, wasn't that bad. The show itself wasn't that bad. And next we have a comment from Vord on Crusade. Um, oh, Vord sent this is in. This is his last comment. Uh, no, no, no. It's not the last one. He sent this in weeks ago, <laughs> but I decided to save it since we talked about Crusade. Yeah. Uh, does anyone want to take this or should I keep it? I can take okay. it. Uh, someone else can take his last comment. So he starts. Crusade is why I have this tiny res- little resentment of Firefly. Everyone goes on, on endlessly about how it, sad it was that Firefly got cancelled and how wonderful it would have been if it had continued. And yes, it would have been. Firefly was a good show, but you know what else deserved a better shot? Crusade. Despite being abusively handled by the network in a manner that remarkably results in there being no good order in which to watch these episodes that were made. Despite that, watching Crusade gives one a glimpse of a show that was pretty damn good. It had potential to be even better. Better than Babylon 5, in fact. You can tell... That JMS gave some thought to what might have worked better about Babylon 5. Or maybe he just wanted to try something different. But character-wise, the crew of Excalibur are, on balance, stronger and more interesting characters 
than the command staff on Babylon 5. Really? Not that the ambassadors... Sorry. Not than the ambassadors. Not than Londo, Jakar, and Delen. But Max Arlison is more interesting than Garibaldi. Sorry, but is Max Arlison more interesting than Garibaldi? Is Matheson more interesting than Ivanova? Is Chambers more interesting than Franklin? I don't um, think she would touch no as many. All of those. Yeah. But she wouldn't touch as many faces, I think. She just didn't have much. I mean, okay. Granted, I didn't watch all the episodes, so I'm only basing this on the three that I saw. All right. But does Peter Woodward, as Galen, walk away with every single scene he's in? I would like to have seen Doreen <laughs> the film story continue. <sighs> and above all, Matthew Gideon is so much more interesting than Sheridan was even on. Uh, sorry. Was much more interesting than Sheridan was even on Sheridan's most interesting days. And I would have been even. And it would have been even if Gideon did not have the good fortune to be played by one of American television's most reliably charismatic actors. That we, that. <laughs> that we never got to find out what the whole deal with the apocalypse box remains a really substantial disappointment for me. And, you know, Farfly fans got movie. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. Broke our hearts. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, the problem is, Crusade got a movie that was disappointing. And <laughs> <laughs> preceded it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you for yeah. all your feedback over Thanks, the Lord. three years. We got I'll one save more. my final feedback for his fi- my final thing for his final feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have next an email from Lori and Carl. Uh, Beth, I don't know if you're able to read Beth. Yes, you. just okay. give me one second to pull it up. Okay. The final Lori Carl email from down below. Yeah. My, com- my phone is being slow. Hold on one second. Okay, I'm pulling right. it up. <sighs> okay, final feedback. Okay. Hey. I'll take this opportunity to say thank you to everybody, by the way, that has sent in feedback or just listened or whatever yeah. over the yeah, years. Yeah, we've had some great feedback over the years, and just having anyone listen to this is, you know, really gratifying. Yes, there's, there's, There really are so many other Babylon 5 podcasts out there that you could have listened to if you wanted to, and Tuning in week after week just to hear us talk about this show. Thank you. Yes. Okay, I have it up. Oh, how sad. Last from Lori and Carl. Ambassadors, commanders, and visitor. Well, no visitor, but okay. So we decided to watch the One Crusade episode Ian most recommended. Each I night I cannot, sorry, can I just jump in quickly? Yeah, I, I recommended this because I'm not sure whether I actually said this, but... I think it most represents where they wanted to go with the series, um, whether that be a good thing or a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> cool. Seems like a comedy actor. Well, you got to watch Veep, okay? That's me saying that. Oh, dear. Uh, you are... recognizes Daniel Day Kim right away. Well, we get Captain Lockley. Why isn't she just having the computer do an auto-distress beacon to save oxygen? The cracked helmet was the worst prop. 
<laughs> and the credits, where are you going? That is not... Oh, she was cutting out anyway. I only got half of that. Oh, I think Beth is... Awesome. Uh, I'm going to do this email just in the interest of time. Um, yeah, so, that's a real shame. Uh, Lori and Carl say... Dear God. Oh, what happened? Uh, yeah, you were cutting out for part of that. Um, okay, is this sound better? Yeah, you do. Okay, I, I won't move. Where Where should I start? <laughs> At the beginning, probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. I, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Hi, ambassadors, commanders, and visitor. So we decided to watch the one crusade episode Ian most recommended. Each night, I dream of home. I did watch back in the day, though I have never rewatched, so I do not remember it very well. Our reactions. Captain Gideon, or Gary Cole, seems like a comedy actor. And I said, watch feet. Carl recognizes Daniel Day Kim right away. We get Captain Lockley. Why isn't she just having the computer do an auto-distress beacon to save oxygen? The cracked helmet was the worst prop. <laughs> In the credits, where are you going? That is not supposed to be one of the questions. Mm-hmm. The senator is way too stereotypically southern. <laughs> oh, a- sorry, but not more stereotypically southern than the senator we get in the first cycle novel. He's oh. even more southern. <laughs> <laughs> the ship has a vaguely Klingon bird of prey look. Yeah. It is a valid point that the senator would not stay on the ship if there was danger. <laughs> We see the Drock. Did they go to Party City for costumes <laughs> and lose all the props and costume stuff from B5? We are missing our regular B5 aliens. The equipment failure is way too convenient so that Franklin could not push the button. Why didn't they jump right away? And why couldn't you afford to lose a senator? <laughs> why does the emergency decontamination have a five-minute countdown? <laughs> Lori's rating, six attempts to save humanity. This one episode did not hold up as much as I remembered though we will go back and watch them all now. Human Lieutenant Alien Londo, as he is still in the world somewhere. <laughs> in the universe, I guess. Carl's rating, two, actually not terrible, but it was a bit trope, a bit trope heavy. Ship, the large chicken from the Game of Chicken. The <laughs> <laughs> set, thin TV walls that Lockley had to hold up. Species, dark and mysterious yet poorly costumed antagonistic aliens. Human Infected Doctor. Death, crew member who went over the console. He just flew over that console. <laughs> oh, you've got to have one, though. You haven't any. <laughs> Plot, straight from TVTropes.com. Wooing relationship, sigh. Dramatic moment, Franklin's last minute dive to safety. Actor, Wolferman Hart lawyer, Gavin Park. Daniel <laughs> <laughs> Day Kim. What would Sheridan do when the senator tried to tell him to ignore the signal he would have declared independence? (laughs) 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 That's great. Uh, Once again, thanks for the podcast, guys. It has been a lot of fun. What shall we watch next? (laughs) Lori and Carl. Thanks, guys. Thanks for all the feedback. Hey, Lori and Carl, you guys need to start your own podcast and we'll get on it. Yes, I'm not... (laughs) Yeah, I'd Will love to listen and guess that. It would be fantastic. Yeah. Our next email is from Tomas. Uh, he says, Hey guys, this is Tomas from Sweden. I was a guest on Racing Through Dark Places back in season two. You know, the Talia centric, 
episode, which features a repeat of the greatest quote in the history of series. Do you know what it's like <laughs> when telepaths make love? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you haven't come back. <laughs> You're traumatized. Uh, sorry, I saw Will's post in the Facebook group about the final episode of the podcast, so I just had to get that quote in. Well, thank you, Thomas. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, to be honest, I haven't listened to the podcast because I haven't listened to the podcast since the end of season two because I didn't have time to keep watching the show. And so listening to you guys became a bit too confusing without the episodes fresh in mind. When I do my next rewatch, I'll definitely be listening back to everything and probably re- repeatedly smack myself for not sticking with the podcast so I could have sent in feedback. Really just wanted to tell you guys that you are all awesome. Tons of respect to you for sticking with this thing all the way to the end. Also, I can't wait to get to season five and hear what you guys thought of that expletive, expletive, expletive Byron. Expletive that guy. (laughs) Pretty much. That's pretty much it. Um, All right. All of you take care and hopefully I'll see you again somewhere out in the podverse. All hail Jakar. Peace, Tomas. (laughs) Thanks, Tomas. Thank you. You're awesome. Yeah, th- thanks so much. Whenever you're listening to this in, in 2032 or whatever it is. Uh, next, we have an email from Derek. I think uh, I'll take Derek's then. We got a lot of feedback for our last episode. That's great. <laughs> Holy crap, I had no idea this was the last podcast until I saw the posting. I will definitely miss the show and the hosts. And in no particular order, you're all my favourites. I do... (laughs) Sorry, Heidi, I mixed your name and mine there. Ian, Heidi, Elizabeth and Will. The good and the bad news is that I'm a shit ton of episodes behind. So I will probably listen to you all and your lovely guests opine until at least 2024. Which means that... Seven years from now, I will be finishing up on your Season 5 and Crusade commentary. I will have... Sorry, and I will have thought that you have been podcasting for over a decade, which is terribly <laughs> fun and ironic. Um, you yeah, know there we are all some... do it. We all get behind on podcasts. I feel like oh, we got we behind really on our own podcast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it happens. Um, it's a lot to. I mean, one hundred and fifty something episodes. That's a lot to get through, guys. Oh, it and really I, is. And it's too bad the fifth season was as exciting as some of the other ones, you know. So I think, you know, it's kind of a drag, but uh, to get through maybe some of our episodes for the fifth season. But yeah, personally speaking, I think our best, the best stuff we put out was between halfway through series three and halfway through series four. I think that was where we were really hitting our groove. <laughs> vintage, vintage, uh, about down below. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just great to hear from everyone. So where was I? Um, and let us not forget about your wonderful guests from Laurie and Carl to Jan to Melanie, the Krakovian beer fan. And everyone else who has graced the stage that I've forgotten, trying to rush this letter out to you. Thank you for inviting us to comment not only in our writing, but also in joining you in person on this wonderful show. 
Well, these are not sad times, but a happy, a happy time of reflection and nice realization that we don't have to be <clears throat> touched by a volon in that creepy way to live long and happy, fulfilling lives. <laughs> you have given us the best damn program on the internet. I salute you. Wow, that's that's a huge compliment. <laughs> Huge. And if you feel the need to please reunite for the Babylon 5, the musical episode that JMS will event inevitably write and have the same budget as the Babylon 5's Lost Tales, that is to say the same budget and few production values that a junior high school play. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can Derek. make a promise that if JMS decides to do something new for B5, we will probably cover it. Most likely. And I'm not, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know that's going to happen. So I think we can safely say this. Yeah, maybe yeah. around the same time the next Terminator movie comes out, I can <laughs> resurrect my Terminator podcast. No, no. Around the same time the next series of the Sarah Connor Chronicles comes out, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because that's got as much of a chance of being resurrected, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But it, it is, we really have had some great listeners, and the feedback has been fantastic yes, as well, you, Derek. Absolutely. Don't, 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 yes. don't count yourself out on this. Derek always makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, next, we have a one final comment from Board99. Oh, this is momentous. Oh, wow. Okay, Ward. I'll keep this brief, as you will have just sat through my long, long comment about Crusade from three weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to say goodbye and thank you for a little over three years of listening. I came back to Babylon 5 after many years at the end of 2013. I'd picked up most of the DVDs cheap a few years earlier, but they'd sat on my shelf unwatched. Now, for reasons connected with where I was in my life, it was appealing to revisit a story that I had loved almost 10 years earlier. So I set out to rewatch it for the first time in this century. <laughs> and, and in this century, listening to podcasts has become a natural extension of the viewing experience. I found down below, thanks to the Incomparables Babylon 5 episode. In it, Erica Ensign, whom I'd been listening to for some time on Verity, announced that she would be starting what eventually became the audio guide to Babylon 5. And a little later, I started searching for Babylon 5 podcast in the hopes of finding it, and stumbled upon Down Below instead. And Down Below then became appointment listening for me almost every time it appeared. Aw. Thank you. From now on, the four of you will be inseparable from Babylon 5 in my memory. So thank you. (laughs) Sorry, that's that's pretty cool. It really is. So thank you, Will, Ian, and Elizabeth. And thank you to Heidi, who I hope is listening to or reading this at what I know is a difficult time for her. I'll continue to listen to Ian regularly on the web of Queer, and I hope to encounter the voices of the rest of you in connection with the different pieces of media at different times in the future. Thank you again, and congratulations on three years of wonderful podcasting. Thank you so much, Lord. You've been a part of this from the beginning, though, Lord. You've sent us feedback almost every single week. And... He, he, he's been consistent 
definitely good to get feedback from you. Yeah, you're another voice in this because there's times when you'll agree with us and there's times when you'll add something new to the conversation, something we've not thought of or a different take on the episode. And that's been so good. Ford always has really insightful comments. Yes, definitely. Which is surprising that you just came back into it because it seems like, you know, you've really been watching it this whole time because you just have these really insightful, in-depth comments. And our final email is from Melanie. Melanie says, Hi down below. The time is going by too fast. I found your podcast and became active in the Babylon 5 fandom through it about two years ago, early season three. And now it's time for the final episode. Are we in early season three two years ago? Wow. Uh, I can't, I don't think we were, we? I think so. We were, yeah, we really didn't want to get through season five, so we just <laughs> dragged it out, didn't we? I wish I was half as good at speeches as Jakar. He wouldn't know what to say. One of the things I yeah. love about Babylon 5 is going back and finding all the foreshadowing or the stuff that makes me want to say, if only you knew what was ahead of you all to the characters. Like that moment when Sheridan has just been on B5 a short time and complains about being turned into a politician. Mm. Or the time when Londo tells Veer not to let anyone in the Centaurum think of his job a joke. This was during the time when Veer was smuggling Narns to safety. Of the books, I've only read the Centauri trilogy by Peter David. It's a great read if you want to know what happened from when Londo got his keeper until Veer became emperor. It also includes what happened with the keeper that the Drock had given Londo to give to Sheridan and Delin for their son. And a minor spoiler, Veer agrees with what you were saying about the Technomages being vague. It's quite entertaining to read his inner monologue about them. Mm. Since I haven't seen Crusade... The time has come to rate the series as a whole. Rating 10, bonus for the rewatch, bonuses, times 5, final rating, 50 out of 10 underground <laughs> railroads. <laughs> yes, my rating is a bit crazy this week, but since you don't need to count it into an average score, I can do that. And I'm, I'm assuming this is the rating for Babylon 5 as a series, yeah. not Crusade. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Human of the series, Zach for always trying to do his job, quitting and trapping the Night Watch, realizing whatever, something was off with Garibaldi and treating Lita like a person. Alien mm. of the series, Emperor Veer Lincolni Kato, for okay. continuing doing what he felt was the right thing to do despite the society he was raised in, saying that Narn are animals and that backstabbing is the only way. As I Wait, said, so Melanie, the Krakovian Veer fan, picked Veer as the alien of the series. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <Imagine> <laughs> yeah. What well, a surprise. Well, definitely didn't see it coming. As I said, when we discussed sick transit Veer, he had to fight an uphill battle the whole way. Human guest of the series, Zoe. Alien guest of the series, Emperor Turhan. Funny scene of the series, the human suing the Vri because his great-grandfather abducted my great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. Traumatic scene of the series, Veer's Underground Railroad being revealed. Unexpectedly popular human of the podcast, Clarence. Unexpectedly <laughs> 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 a- popular alien of the podcast, Kodoth. <laughs> All hail Kodoth. Um, <laughs> thank you for creating yeah. this podcast and welcoming and the welcoming community around it. Best regards, Melanie, the Krakowian Veer fan. 
Thank you, Thank Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. And thanks yeah. for all the feedback, everybody. If yeah. you said- you know, <laughs> that's how we're going to be able to tell, like, how we influence the Babylon 5 podverse is if people, if we hear him called Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> I really think so, yeah. <laughs> I kind of forgot we said we were going to, like, give our overall impressions of Babylon 5. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, you were the newbie in all of this, Beth. You're not anymore. You you can start, I think. I know, but I kind of still feel like I am because you know how, I don't know for everybody else, some people have really good memories of stuff. And even though we've sat and we've watched every episode and we've talked about it, you know, there's still a lot. It's really not until it's third watching that I really like feel, feel like I know a show. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, there is a oh, lot well, of stuff you, that I didn't yeah. remember going through this. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find that really true for Babylon 5 as well, because um, even if you normally miss stuff anyway, there's so many hidden gems that are just scattered throughout B5, hinting at future storylines or little in-jokes that you don't actually pick up on straight away because they're jokes about things that happen in the future (laughs) and things like that that are just all the way through the series. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to say I watch a lot of shows three times. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it's, but definitely watching it this way, you really get into the characters. And, you know, a lot of times when you're, when I'm watching a show, I don't really even re- know the characters' names for a long time. Um, because you just kind of watch it and you don't really think about it. But with this show going through it like this, you know, you, from the beginning, I mean, you basically start knowing the characters and you start thinking about the characters and how they relate to each other. And you really just put a lot of effort into thinking about the show and how it's being done. And, um, and it's just a truly unique way to watch a show. Um, so I'm glad it didn't suck because trying to do that for a show you don't like, you know, would be really tough. Um, and it kind of yeah. got that way a little bit, you know, near the end when we were, it was really downer episode after downer episode. It was a little bit of a slog there. In yeah, season. yeah. Well, it was a slog for us long time fans as well. Yeah. But we we all stuck with it because it was the final season and because of everything that had gone before. You knew, uh, well, I personally knew that it would get better towards the end, but I still got the impression that you and Heidi both also felt like it was going to get better later in the series as well. Well, it it was, I mean, I I don't know. I think, I think we just didn't know where it was going to go. We thought, I think I was hoping it was a sigh, you know, thing and uh, that we'd get into that. And so, but no, it's, it's, it, it it was, the fifth season was still interesting, you know, in its own way. (laughs) But gosh, overall impressions. Well, I, I liked it. I didn't know what to expect going in. Um, I enjoyed doing this with you guys. First of all, I want to say that, um, you know, it was really fun talking about it and, um, for all these years. And, uh, you know, it was a really good experience, I think. And it's kind of sad that it's ending. I mean, obviously, we all made our Sundays back. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, five seasons and 150-something episodes is a long time. 
but it's it's a it's a cool thing to do and it's a good show to talk about because there's just a lot of fans out there and a lot of theories and a lot of extra material and a lot of good things to speculate on and um so i don't know i just think it was a it was a good show to do and it was a good show to watch and it's too bad heidi's not here but um yeah, that's what happens uh, when you're recording for over three years. Absolutely. Life will happen. Exactly. Both good um, things are bad. Yeah. So I'll probably watch it again eventually. Not right away. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, are we going to talk about like our favorite characters or? Oh, no, that, that, that's almost going to be inevitable, really, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know if I have a, I mean, I don't want to say Clarence because that's silly. But like, <laughs> I mean, it was—he's our fa- my favorite to talk about and everything. But well, well, um, really, he's the mascot of our show, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Him and Kobe are all Clarence. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. Just you know what? So- also, I think they had a really a lot of good female characters on the show. I mean, obviously, there wasn't as many female characters as male characters, but I think the ones that were there were pretty darn well fleshed out and um had a lot of stuff to do except for delet at the end but um but so that's that's a good plus yeah and you know for the show being made in the 90s that's uh, an exceptional thing yeah yeah Mm. Uh, i suppose it's my turn (laughs) Uh, it really has been great to watch Babylon 5 again. And usually I've been to Babylon 5 if I'm doing a rewatch. It, you know, it takes a while to binge it, but I st- but watching it like this is a completely different experience and an experience I never properly had before because I jumped in at the end of series four. And so I ended up buying the episodes on. Um, VHS first of all and you're watching them two at a time and yes there's a short space in between but because I jumped in at the end of season 4 I could buy a bunch of the early seasons at a discounted price so even then on my first viewing I was binge watching most of Babylon 5 but watching it week by week and being able to talk about it with some Fantastic, intelligent people. It's just brilliant. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a different experience listening to a podcast about a show you love. And it's also a completely different experience podcasting about that show and talking about the things that stand out for you um, and carry, and getting fresh perspectives on characters you love has been brilliant. And I, I definitely have a new love for Clarence that I didn't have before. <laughs> um, I always thought he was a cool character, but yeah, I think next time I actually watch the series, I, I'll be paying far more attention to him than I did when I started out this watch through. Um, and the characters are just as strong as I remember and, I just have enjoyed the whole experience. Uh, and it's going to be something I remember for a long time, I think, this whole podcast. And I know that it's slightly corny to say that, but it's 
Babylon 5 was a show I loved and a, a show I really wanted to do a podcast about um, anyway. And so when Will posted on the producer's Facebook group, the podcast producer's Facebook group, that he wanted to do a podcast on this, I was so excited. And I'm so glad I replied to that post. Yeah. <laughs> and we are too. Thank you for putting up with my occasional um, <laughs> interruptions. I do talk over a lot of people sometimes. It's um, something I'm really working on, and <laughs> podcasting has had helped me with that. <laughs> and thank you to all the listeners who have put up with me reading their feedback. <laughs> And also a big thanks to both of you guys for doing all the technical stuff. I mean, that is a lot of commitment and a lot of time that you guys spent on this podcast. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think everybody knows how much time you guys spent on this. Will puts in most of the work. Will puts in a lot of the work editing, and then I do. I I used to do the music bed, and I used to construct the theme tune, and that that was a really fun thing to do constructing that theme tune and writing our opening monologues that that felt really good to do because i was able to really personalize our show and give it a a re, i feel like each season has a really strong opening and i'm really proud of that work i put in there because yeah i'm not an audio editor that's i mean it's something that i got a little bit of training on and um had done a little bit of work in the past, but I'm really proud of what I did. You guys should be proud. That was great. Really. I mean, and the other thing is that, you know, obviously Will and Ian did all this work for no, you know, money. Um, but if you, I know there's an Amazon link on the down below website. So if you guys are going to Amazon, you know, and buying something, click on the link. And I think that Will will get a little bit, little kickback on that right <laughs> a few cents, yeah, yeah. Well, have you, how effort. much have you actually got because sometimes i forget but i do try to go you know through that link when i can i actually don't know i haven't gotten any kind of notification of <laughs> gotten anything because yeah i put it up there i think recently and i don't really advertise it just kind of put it there and didn't say <laughs> anything about it i know oh, but, but like you check. know it's 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 not anybody extra money for anybody, you know. It's just if you're going to Amazon and we all do it to go buy something, if you click through Will's link on his page, you know, he might get maybe a few cents, but whatever, it adds up, you know. Just something to think about. Just setting. Oh, yeah. And uh, 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 speaking of which, Will has run the website and yeah, you know, sunk his um, time and money into getting the episodes out there because it whilst it's free for people to listen to it's not always free to produce All right uh, yeah well just my overall thoughts i asked it's uh yeah well i'm a fan of babylon 5 in case you didn't know <laughs> uh, um, yeah i put it up there in my top two shows at least i probably it's either between b5 and star trek the next generation but and i'm I think this was my third time watching the show all the way through. And, you know, there are a lot of things that I forgot and a lot of things I couldn't have predicted, just like just how much 
Clarence and Kodoth would become <laughs> popular on the show. <laughs> and, um, I did, I couldn't have even told you that anyone ever said stroke off before we started watching again, but I'll probably remember <laughs> that from now on. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of fun doing this show and rewatching it with you guys and doing a show every week. And it's just, it's amazing how podcasts can bring communities together. Cause I know a lot of, my current friends, uh, whether I've met them in person or not, I met a lot of them in person, but they come from, you know, Lost Podcast or Heroes Podcast or Smallville Podcast. I'm pretty sure Heidi met her fiance because of a the Smallville Podcast fandom. So, um, wow, it's amazing cool. how, yeah, that is brilliant. Um, um it's amazing how uh, people come together because of podcasts. I know some of our listeners have referred other listeners to the show. And I also enjoy just chatting with listeners uh, throughout the week, even though sometimes I get messages at the oddest times. <laughs> so if I was ever short with anybody, it's because I was you know, at work or at the gym or something like that. But um, yeah, so it's been a blast and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. What's what is going? What's it going to be like next week? <laughs> when, <laughs> I know I have uh, this app that I keep track of my uh, weekly tasks regarding this podcast, and <laughs> over the past week I've been like slowly deleting them one by one because I don't have to ever do that again. I don't have to ever do that again. But it's going to be weird <laughs> and not yeah. coming on here. It, I mean, doing it. Yeah, there's for the last three years I've, I've been making sure that I was ready at 10 o'clock at night and ready to podcast, having watched the, the show either in the last few days or sometimes right before we record. And uh, for a good portion of those three years, I was also doing uh, another podcast right beforehand, and it's going to be really odd <laughs> Finishing off recording the Web of Queer and not rushing around to get things sorted before I've got to record for down below. Uh, I go, I'm going to, I am going to miss this, but I, uh, you know, in the way I'm also glad we're finishing because it, it's, it's been a wonderful journey. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm going again and we really should be finishing yeah, off. Yeah, but that's fine. Uh, I, no, it's one last thing is, I, 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 what you were saying, Will, is I, I'm also surprised that we managed to do ISN reports almost consistently every week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that idea that was a convenient way to give a recap of an episode. And yes, since we weren't doing a 60 second summary like Intro to X does. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, it, it just be, became this really awesome thing. And yeah, that that three episode arc in se series three. Um, I uh, at the start of the show, I could never imagine that I would have attempted to re write a mini script for everyone, and the fact we pulled it off—it just amazes me. <laughs> and it's also great that we didn't pod fade because I've listened to <laughs> a lot of podcasts that didn't. That never finished. Um, well, yeah, not a lot, but I listened to some, or they just you know just ended suddenly without you know any kind of warning. 
I looked back and at one point we like recorded like four months in a row without taking a break. I'm like, wow. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. We were really committed then. (laughs) I've recorded from all over the world. Yeah. You recorded from so many different places. You managed Uh, to find a way to get online and record. Most of the time. Yeah. Rule, you've lost a job, gained another job. I've moved flats. You know, it's life has happened you know it's <sighs> yeah and uh, you guys both have different uh, well this is next one is your last podcast right that you're going to be doing um or, supposedly oh yeah i'm doing a spartacus podcast spartacus. we started it last fall and we just kind of we've kind of taken a break i was like I was going to just wait till down below ended to pick it back up um and i'm also doing the sensate podcast when it comes back in may They'll be picking mm-hmm. up, but I'm not starting anything new. Oh, okay. Who's on Spartacast? Uh, myself and Matt uh, Asendorfi does Hooplecast, and he's on yeah. Clone Dance Party. Mm-hmm. And cool. Sensei Podcast is whoever I can round up every any week. <laughs> I try to make Eddie and oh sorry. oh sorry go ahead. I'll just say I try to make that podcast work around my schedule <laughs> instead of because it's you and whoever guests. Yeah, whoever's available so that week. Yeah. And Ian, you have the uh, yeah queer as well. I do. I uh, I is that with I, Shane? Whatever happened to Shane? Shane didn't um, like season five, so he decided okay. to skip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think. Yeah, I'm doing the web of queer still. You know, the Doctor Who podcast from a queer perspective, and I I wasn't going to do another podcast until I saw some people wanting to do that and i don't think i'm not sure i would have joined that if it wasn't pulled down below um and and it, that that's been another great show to be involved with and also i wouldn't have put myself forward to guest on other podcasts out there which i've really enjoyed doing and i wouldn't have done that if i hadn't started um down down below with you guys yeah, you can hear Sorry, me with, with with you, you lot. Uh, because I'm. That's another thing. Try not to use you guys because it's problematic. <laughs> yeah, you can hear me, and I know Ian as well on all sorts of podcasts. I'm I'm on Clone Dance Party, Calavici Fashion Cast, a uh, Defenders yeah, podcast, I'll that as well. Casts uh, sometimes. What what Fashion Cast? It's a Quantum Leap uh, podcast. Oh, okay. Calavici, Al Calavici is the, the guy. Yeah, they're, they're not taking it seriously at all. And there, there's a few moments when they do go serious, but for the most part, yeah, the name says it all. <laughs> it's fun. They focus, they focus a lot on the fashions of Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So, yeah. I so. haven't guested much at, on podcasts in the last couple of years, but. I have in the past, and um, I probably will now. Um, yeah. Going forward, and maybe eventually I'll do another podcast. So it'll be nice to take a break, you know, and just deal with some stuff going on, you know, in my life. So, um, but it's definitely a cool thing to do, and I think one of the good things that comes out of doing a podcast is getting people guests on that have never done any, you know, one before, and. And maybe they all go on to do other podcasts and yes. guests on other podcasts and stuff. Yeah, it's really kind of what inspired me uh, listening to um, 
other intro casts and guesting on. I've seen again feedback at least on some that kind of was one of the things that inspired me to do this podcast. So yeah, I'm glad I, I, you know, eventually I had said that Babylon five would be my second intro cast because I wanted to get some practice doing another one first, but then the, um, anniversary was coming up and Ian suggested, Hey, let's start it, you know, in January because the anniversary is coming up. So like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of pushing. Yes. I really want to do this. <laughs> Uh, even though you were the one who initially asked for people to do it with you, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad that worked out, though. Um, and, yes, the IntroCast community especially is brilliant. I, I think I ha- I've i listened to podcasts since um, early 2006, I think, maybe late 2006, somewhere around there anyway. And although I had consistently enjoyed them, it wasn't until I started listening to IntroCast that I started to think, no, I could get involved in this at some point. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm doing another podcast about TV anytime soon, but I say that, <laughs> I say that but something may come along that that grabs me. Yes, yeah. before we go, I just wanted to once again say thank you to everybody that's been listening for, even yes. if it hasn't been all three years, but everyone that's ever listened, that's everyone that's guested on the show or mm-hmm. sent in feedback. Thanks for being patient with us through all our delays and our life <laughs> stuff getting in the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Hope Who's stay. guested the most, Yan? Probably Yan, yeah. How it's guess Yan, yeah. <laughs> our most Hi, Yan. frequent visitor. Hi. Oh yeah, if you want to yeah. follow me, it's you can follow me. You can find out what I'm doing on Twitter at l o n g k l a w long claw with a k. I'm a Game of Thrones fan. Um, <laughs> um, you can hear about what I'm eating and what I'm doing at work and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter. I changed it when I started doing this podcast to Isathrus. That'll probably stay the same for a while until I eventually find another podcast that I'll do alongside Web of Queer. So you can find me at Isathrus. But I don't really use Twitter as much as I'd like. All right. And you, I mean, I don't. I have a Twitter handle but i don't tweet so you don't want to follow me <laughs> um oh i can hear snoring behind me so <laughs> i think that's all we got we'll see you guys uh, online everybody and you know yeah. always you can always hit us up if you ever want to talk podcast you know whatever we're around oh. Oh, we will be around, I'm sure. You Even if you find us ten years in the future, you can still find us online somewhere and talk about podcasting well, and Five with us. We'll, we'll still this be on the media be then. Facebook group and all that fun stuff. So <laughs> I'm sure there'll be people that'll find this podcast after we're done and want to somehow be a part of it and just post on the Facebook group. I'm sure there'll be people that'll check it and will check it. So. You know, it's uh, it's not the end, I guess. It's pretty much the end, but it's not the <laughs> final, final end. Yeah, and um, to the um, 
humans listening 200 years in the future when you're really going through your own Babylon 5 saga, dealing with first ones and everything like that, you know, listen to us. Remember we were here, you know, paving the way. <laughs> Just remember what we said. <laughs> Just remember yeah. everything we said. I remember those two important <laughs> questions. Who are you and what do you want? All right. <laughs> Well, uh, that is all we have, folks. Uh, maybe we'll see you out in the potosphere somewhere soon. But until then... Somewhere beyond the rim. Yeah, where no shadows fall. <laughs> but until then, <laughs> goodbye. Stroke off. Well, the last time, be seeing you. Bye. <laughs> goodbye. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.